Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Football Revisit Podcast. I'm in the hosting chair once again this week, and we have a full compliment in the form of Mr. Bowen, Mr. Sims, and Mr. Burke. How are we, gents? We all doing well? Good, thank you, Very good, thank you, Bert. Fantastic. Now, I want to get something out of the way first. Burke, you mentioned on the WhatsApp group that you hate football at the moment. Why is that? I think we've actually discussed it before. It's two reasons. One, temporary, no fans. That'll come and that'll excite me and it'll make it bearable. And second thing, VAR. It's, <laughs> I can't watch a game. And even when there's no VAR talk, you, the commentator will mention it every two, three minutes about VAR, just check that. And then you think, oh, have they got that right? And you don't know until five minutes later with a replay because it just plants a seed and you have no trust or faith in the system. And it's taken away from football. Yeah, I mean, I've fought for VAR for a while, but even I'm starting to wane, and it's uh, not been a great weekend for VAR once again. Let's just uh, let's say that. And, Although, and actually, one other thing, like last few weeks, I think you've seen the quality drop majorly in the Prem in terms of like you watch a few European games, and yeah. they're actually quite a lot more tight in the Prem games seem. Dyer, really Dyer, more Some say Eric Dyer. Yeah, proper Eric Dyer. Yeah. I think it's just natural fatigue has just taken over from everyone. Yeah. It's probably it's probably just like subconscious. It's just like just the same grind over and over and over. But we'll say I think you're hate for I think you hate football at the moment because of draft. That's my opinion. But I'm in league title race. I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> Six one league. Let's go. Right, so starting off this week, we're going back to Super Sunday, Spurs versus United. Cavani scored what seemed to be a perfectly good goal. However, VAR stepped in. The goal was disallowed with a foul on Son after McTominay flicked Son in the face. Now, before you guys answer, just give you some quotes from the weekend. So the PGMOL said this. It was not part of Scott McTominay's natural running movement and was careless. Roy Keane, and I'm actually going to agree with Roy Keane for once, because I think he, he nailed you it. You say this every time you talk about Roy Keane. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm going to agree with him for once. There's you a trend. Do, There's yeah. a trend. Maybe, maybe. well, who knows. Um, he said, if that was a foul, we all might as well go home now. It's embarrassing. Mika Richards said, it's embarrassing. This isn't football anymore. It's spoiling our game. I can't recognise the game anymore. It's spoiling football. And as Jamie Reddow comes in at the end, it's never a foul. It's ridiculous. So, who wants to jump in first? Because this feels like a contentious topic. So, I'll let Burke win because you've already spoken. Um, what do you think about the Son instant? Yeah, I think the three pundits nailed it. I mean, it is part of your natural running motion in football. Fair enough if he's an Olympic sprinter. It's not. Like, it's not the traditional run. But <laughs> if you're judging Premier League players on how they run, then surely every time Sterling touches the ball, it's a foul. Or, like, because <laughs> the way you run is different. Like, yeah. you are, it is a contact sport. And you're meant to be feeling players and fend them off with strength. And that's essentially what he's done. And, yeah, yeah. ridiculous decision. And that, to go back to what I said at the start, is one of the reasons I'm hating football at the moment. 
same as fear as it just as as that one instant just highlighted play acting in general and just made everyone realize how bad the situation is has it always just been like that we've just accepted it where do you stand I mean, I'm a humble guy, but one I I'm pretty sure I noted that Son was one of the sneaky naughty players on on a list we did months ago. And sure also, when Liverpool were top of the league, I was saying, "Oh crap, football has become." Remember back in November, there's mm. no surprise to me that we've ended up here. And I, I completely agree with you. Half the battle, half the point is they're all just absolutely shattered. Um, but in terms of, I think the most damning thing I can say about this weekend in football is that I think the Son McTominay decision is probably the most contentious where I, I can I can actually understand where how the decision has come about compared to the other VR decision. Now I think the ones I'm thinking of are so West Brom's goal yesterday was disallowed. <laughs> Liverpool's goal was disallowed. Newcastle being denied a penalty for basically a guy being kicked in the head. And then Wolves' goal, which is disallowed. Out of all of those decisions, and I, I, I agree with Burke in terms of, and I agree with oh, basically the whole footballing world and everyone, that the McTominay one is never a foul. But out of all of the decisions, that is the one that I, I can, to a point, understand how they've got that. I don't agree with it, but out of all of them, I can understand it. However... It's just more damning about what's going on, to be honest, in general. Yeah. That even I I completely agree. But obviously I'm a Spurs fan, and when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this this doesn't feel right. That that is not that's not a foul. And to be fair, this is where I go back to Roy Keane. He was bang on because he didn't he said, which I think is important to say, um, that it's not only Son. You know, I think Son's been the scapegoat here. Marcus Rashford did it in the same game. Yeah. So, you know, you have people like Ollie and coming out afterwards, which doesn't help, you know, slamming Son. He then gets abused on social media, different topic. But, you know, he's, he's got his own player doing exactly the same thing. And somebody who will be mentioned later on, probably, who was one of the worst for it. And he comes out and says, I forgot about Son. I don't think it helps. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know why players are doing it. I really, I don't see the, well, I can see it because it worked. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. There's your answer, right? There. Yeah, the reason it, they do it, work. it works. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, at the end of the day, like it's because I always think it's like I think Dave Jones said. No, I don't know. I might have been Jay Comfrey. I, I can't stand Jay Comfrey, but I think he said the. the oh, I might have been Dave Jones. I can't remember. One of them said about the fact that the worst part about lockdown football is actually that you you almost you you because you're hearing it. Like if you're in the stadium, you hear it yeah. more. Just like you hear it more on TV, but can you imagine sitting there watching it in the stadium? If you're working for Sky, honestly, I just think it's so embarrassing. Yeah. And then, like, I like I laughed about the whole Soska Mourinho, like, their little to do yesterday, but, like, how Soska can say that, I've I no idea. Considering what, what what you see from some of his players, and yeah. not Man United, every team does it, but, you know, Man United got some serial ones. <laughs> And with, with the Son incident, you know, it's not the first time Son's gone down. I will say that. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's out of character. No. But it, it's just, it's such a mess. But I think the worst thing is, out of all the decisions, that was the one that I could even understand. The rest of them, I couldn't tell you what's gone on. Yeah, I think um, 
doing my said straight away afterwards going or when he does his his round on Mondays. As soon as he went to VAR, as soon as he went to the monitor, he was overturning that decision, even if he thought it wasn't, because he, he basically had to. Um, and for these sorts of things, I clearly agree. If I put myself in that situation, how would I feel if I went down holding my face after being flicked on the nose? I would be so embarrassed. It'd be unbelievable. But then again, I go at halftime and Mourinho was probably shouting me going, why didn't you go down? Why didn't you show that you were injured? Because then they wouldn't have scored. We wouldn't be one nil down right now. Oh, it wouldn't be one all. Sorry. So, yeah. Like, yeah. No, something needs to be done. I mean, the whole. First of all, what I'll say is the fact there's no counter argument anywhere in football. Like, no yeah. pundit, no, no one. Is. Yeah, has even not one person I've seen anywhere come out and said, no, it it's a free kick. Like, Garth there's Crooks, no. Has he said anything? <laughs> well, if anyone would, it's him. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fact there's no counter argument, I think, is damning and. Like Sim says, that is probably the most kind of not understandable or fifty-fifty. But like, if someone made an argument, I'd be calling them idiots. But I but would, an argument, I yeah. would believe that they believe it. Yeah. With the other ones, I it's madness. So that is the first thing I'll say. And then oh, I've I've lost my point just because I hear VAR that much. Sorry. Do you know what I would say as well? One thing that I I only thought of it um this morning. <coughs> Sorry. Um. The, the, the officials this weekend and of all the weekends have actually lucked out more than any other weekend because every team that got a, a decision against them ended up winning. Yeah. So, for example, Newcastle, yeah. now, the, the, the decision not to give Newcastle a penalty is, I can't, honestly, I don't know if you've seen it. For me, okay, I know people will say, oh, yeah, but, you know, he's, he's, he's gone and he's cleared the ball, he doesn't know he's there. It's reckless. It's, he's six foot in the air, it's what it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's literally an open, it's a goal for the guy, for um, Sean Longstaff. Now, Newcastle, if Newcastle don't win that, in the position that they are in, that, yeah. could, be, yeah. that could be at the end of the season, them down. So, one, they've lucked out that Newcastle have won. The Liverpool one, it's, at the time, it's a massive part of the game. They're lucky, really, the Liverpool went on to win. Really lucky, because the Liverpool one is not, you know, that's an absolute joke. West Brom yesterday. They're lucky the West Brom just backed at something. Otherwise, we'd be talking about that a lot because that was, I think, that's probably worse than this one. Yeah. Do you remember last season? Obviously, the Baldwin was a ball over the line, Villa, and actually they stayed up because of it. And they, I think VR had it tough for a few days, but they got off lightly with that. I mean, that essentially is an argument to be made that relegated, I think, Bournemouth of the the team that went down because of it, and only a few points between. And they got away lightly with that, and I think there was the argument of, oh, it's still new, it's still new. At what point do you go, no, this is completely unacceptable? Like, uh, to go back to Son, the whole footballing world knows that Son does not need the physios on, doesn't need to lie down for minutes. Like, there's no argument yeah. for it. Why can't anyone just go, look, you took the piss there, you oh, banned next game. Yeah. yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with you. That Everyone knows there's nothing wrong with you. And you can't argue that they like, there is no counter argument. Yeah. There should be retrospective action taken on play acting on people taking the piss because that's the only way you cut it out. Yeah. Because Son will go, actually, it worked out. I achieved what I wanted to. Yeah. I'm conscious. Rob is here. He is on the pod. What, would you like to give your two pence? Well, I've heard Scott McTominay's got nails like Wolverine. You know, <laughs> six inches closer to the face and Son loses an eye. Uh, <laughs> Surprised somebody hasn't said that. I'm surprised Jorsey didn't come up and say that. Yeah. 
I, I, like, I, the one thing I've seen is like someone arguing about consistency because you see it like normally in in areas in open play and you see it and they go down and the referee sees it and he, and he blows straight away. But yeah, it's a, it's such a nothing thing. Um, it does leave a sour taste if you're yeah. a Spurs fan because um, it's embarrassing to see yeah. to see you know a player you support go down like that. And you know, it it, it it makes me think of like Burke always says it when we watch Liverpool, and it's Sadio Mane how he doesn't go down, and it's like we'll probably we'll probably list some players in in the the draft later, and it's just like any kind of contact they want to go down. Um, I just kind of looked over the the West Brom one again, and that could be that was one of the worst of the season. Surrender. Um, yeah. I, I think it's gone past, <laughs> way past the point where it's just like you, you know, p- these referees are humans. The, s- the system in place is really, really bad now. I always used to be kind of like not against the concept of VAR, but against the people that are using it. Uh, but if the people can't change, change the system. Yeah. On that point, actually, the people using it. Have you seen about um, the Bundesliga one? I didn't know this, but have you seen Howard Webb's got married? No, he's got married. To Shell, is it? Yeah, the German ref, who was the first uh, female to take charge of a oh, really? major league game. They've just got married. She's a retired referee, but she's still a VAR official okay. in the Bundesliga. And that's the way it should work. And I know that's the way it works in rugby as well, doesn't it? Whereby retired refs can still be the uh, TMO. And I don't see why that's not the case. Surely people like Mark Lattenberg, Howard Webb, these people who were the top... Peter Howard Webb and Mark Lattenberg, the people who were the top referees in the country. Um, and I think there's an argument for, I know he's a decisive figure, a divisive figure. Um, Mike Dean, I think he's been one of the most consistent throughout the years. Just get these people in the VAR office, then watch the game, then make the tough call because you know they can handle it. And yeah. I think a lot of these VAR officials are either just handing off to the ref or because uh, they haven't got the bottle to go alone, or they just don't know. Or that's, not I don't know. That's the way yeah. I'd go with it. Is the best refs over the last twenty years. Get get them in. Get them to do it. They Ray know. Ray like, get him in the room. Ray Rennie, yeah, not Rob Styles. Forget Rob Styles. Jeff Winter. Haunt- Jeff Winter. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm haunted by Rob Styles. Any ref who does a Masters tournament. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I would say, okay, the, the problem of the AR. And it's, it's highlighted even more now with the way it, in its current system. Now, you look at the West Brom one. Things happen in football and things go against you. That is just a part of sport as a part of life. Where fans completely lose faith and where fans become really almost irrational with like, the hate and anger is when you feel like unjust, when you feel as if the fairness has been taken away. So when you look at this, like, for example, as a Liverpool fan, so many times this season, I thought, that's just not fair. Because I see, for example, um, I'll use, you know, you can use, say, Chelsea. I've seen Chelsea have that exact penalty last week, and now you're saying it's not a pen. Or I've seen Man City get, get free kick for that. Or, like, that's not given offside because of this, but then this week it is. Yeah. So it's not fair. When you, when you lose the fairness in sport, that's when you've got a problem in terms of the spectacle. The problem you've got now is they don't. 
they've changed the rules so many times and nobody's quite sure. For example, how can you have a different set of rules VAR-wise for the Champions League than the Prem? So, like, you might a goal might be given in the Prem, uh, in the Champions League, but if you, if you score that exact goal on a Saturday, there's a chance to get disallowed. Yeah, and it's not even a different competition thing. In this season, the Prem, because of the rules have changed in the Prem that much, it could be week on week in the same competition. Like, do you remember the handball thing of the start of the season with uh, yeah. the Eric Dyer against Newcastle, for example, whereby it it did cut... I, there was more of an argument for that than there was this Son argument, because there were people yeah. going, actually, his arm is high. Oh, I can see why he was... Yeah, I can see why yeah. it was handball. But the Premier League went, no, we'll change that rule. Next week, there was an exact same handball, not given, and it just makes you think, what the hell is going on? Yeah. They never used to have these rule changes in the season. It was always end of the season. They have the review. They bring in the new rules for this season. So it's equal level playing field, 38 games for everyone. And that's the way it's got to be. Do you know, do you know what, what gets me most? Is that the decision comes through and everyone knows the decision is absolute rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. You know it is. Yeah. And then the statement from the PGMOL come through and it's such rubbish and nonsense. And they, like... They know by writing it. It's so vague and it's been done on vague on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, you know what? As as a, an organization, at what stage do you step up and say, No, it was wrong? Yeah. It's the West Ham one. Jamie Carragher was spot on. At what stage do you say, Well, the common sense thing you know is he's he's there's far more evidence suggests he's onside than offside. So if you're not if you can't disprove that he's offside, well then if everything suggests that he's onside, he probably is onside. So give the yeah. goal. Oh, but the linesman gave it offside. So yeah, but no, but yeah, in, that, I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's what they've used, it? isn't it? That's what they it's said. Like, that it's way. like the Newcastle one. Honestly, I can't honestly. I don't know if you see. If you haven't seen it, I honestly urge you to watch it. The Newcastle decision on the weekend is one of the worst ones I've seen for a team who are battling and scraping for their lives. Longstaff almost gets his head kicked off. And the thing is, I know why people will say that's not a pen, because they'll say, well, Tarkovsky's just going to kick the ball away. But he's sick, like literally, he's six feet in the air with his foot, and he catches yeah. him right in the head. Yeah. He's passed anywhere on the pitch. Like, Sadio Mane got red card for that a few years ago. I've seen so many people get yellow cards and stuff like that, and then they were like, oh, no, that's not a pen. Another way of saying about that is that in the championship, I think it was like three months ago, that exact incident happened with Middlesbrough. I can't remember who it was against. Do you remember Neil Warnock went absolutely wild. Oh, he did. Yeah, well, the guy uh, and it bl- didn't he? Yeah, he, uh, the guy, like, I think he cut the whole of his, by his eyebrow down to his eye. Like, it was, you know, close to getting his eye out, like, literally. Um, so, yeah, there's not even, like, for that one, there's no excuse because it's already been highlighted during the season because Sky Sports were showing it, the interview everywhere, everyone knew about it. So, yeah, there's no excuse. You know, your foot's, if your foot makes, because we had this debate to me when Manny got sent off. Because I know there was debate about it. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter if he meant it, if he didn't mean it. It's the same thing in rugby. When you go for high ball, if you're going for him, some guy lands on his head, you're going off. doesn't matter if he meant it or not. So, yeah, for me, it's a stonewall red card penalty. It's, uh, yeah, you're endangering an opponent and it has to be a red card. But just briefly, the referees this weekend had the perfect opportunity in hindsight, to be to gain some more respect with the West Brom one, they could have gone. Oh look, you know we know how it looks. It's wrong. You no, know, we're sorry. We're lucky that West Brom have won. You move on. 
same with the Son one. They could have come and gone after, you know, looking after looking afterwards. It probably wasn't a foul. Move on. But I don't get where they're getting this fear from. It's like, oh, if we say we're wrong, we're going to get absolutely battered in the press by fans. When in reality, I'm they probably would go the other way and go. Yeah, especially because the teams that were done by still won. I think, like Sim said earlier, yeah, it was exactly. it was a chance to kind yeah. of get Games free hits. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they've really missed the trick. Honestly, year. you you look at it now, right? This is I can tell you what's going to happen. This is the same things going to happen that's happened all season and that's always happened with the Premier League and the officials. They'll bury it, and in about a month, month and a half, it'll become out, and they'll release a statement saying, "Or oh, in hindsight, having reviewed all the footage." It was probably the perfect example was you look at the Mersey Derby. Mersey Derby, honestly, if you go back and watch that, I could actually caught it the day. And honestly, it, it gets yeah. worse every week. You've got yeah. as a result of of the Van Dyke tackle, he's now missed the whole season. Not only did they after the game back the decision, it took them three months to then come out and they like they like they leaked it as they always do and said, Oh, having looked back now. Yeah, it shouldn't have. It should have been, and then they've gone like play by play. Three months it took yeah. after Christmas. Yeah, it doesn't get any more obvious. It was assault. The same with the Sadio Mane goal, the one they disallowed. Honestly, you see yeah. that, and then you see some of the ones that are given. You think, oh, honestly, it's incredible. More I think about it, it's, I, yeah, I, I hate the, the yeah. way they operate because, like, as you speak, that's how bad it is. As you speak, in I'm just getting more examples of the <laughs> same stuff, like. I'm thinking uh, Villa versus Man City. There was the yeah, goal yeah. where Rodri was like 20, 30 yards offside. Yeah. Um, statement comes out to back it going, oh no, it wasn't offside because I think it skipped. Yeah, technically, <laughs> let law, yeah. he's onside. It was a right call. And then like a week later, uh, we've clarified the rules um, after uh, discussions with the clubs and this will be offside. No, that's always been offside. Like for as long as I watch football, that is yeah. and will always be offside. Like who were they fooling? <laughs> that that I got two points right. I think that in your spot on there. I think they think most football fans are just really stupid and pundits and anybody connected going, oh yeah, they don't know the rules. Who cares? They they don't know. No, most football fans are clued in, especially nowadays. I'm a qualified coverage. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He actually is as well. But I need <laughs> he genuinely is qualified referee. Yeah. And. Another thing, I think we've spoken about this before in terms of transparency. They are, Mike Riley is missing a trick here. Why can't they just come out, maybe not mid-season, maybe then the season and go, look, you know, we've reviewed the season, you know, A, B, C and D decisions. Looking back now, they're probably wrong. We're going to, in the off-season, we're going to look at them and we're going to make some changes and we'll come back to you before the start of the season. Like, I've just thought of that off the top of my head. How hard is it for them to just communicate more with footballers, with fans, managers, the media? Like, honestly, they're just a bunch of, it's like a cult there. They're just, like Sim says, they bury things under the carpet and go, oh, yeah, it's fine. We'll just carry on doing the things we've always done. And, oh, yeah, you've got Mike to them up. I say mic them up. Oh. Just because I think that'll improve. Do you know the, what Sim was saying earlier about the PGMOL statements that come out? Mm. And, it's, and it's always nothing. Just a paragraph from nothing. At least if you mic them up, you are getting their genuine reason as to why yeah. they've made each decision. Because the PGMOL statement come out while the ref is still yeah. still on the pitch. So how do they know for sure that that is what the ref... Exactly. They've just gone, look, this is plausible. Let's chuck this out. 
breath will come out and go, actually, no, no, that's not the reason why I gave it. Do you know what I would say as well? There are, so for example, I know Sam Allardyce, and I understand because I know there's a lot of managers who say it. I, I'm saying Sam Allardyce because he's the one I saw say that there about you can't say you can't be doing that or you can't ask him to do interviews and stuff because um, you know it's like a witch hunt. And I completely understand that, but I would argue it's in their interest because, to be quite honest, I think if we heard, like I know, for example, I watch Liverpool, I watch a lot of football, but we watch Liverpool. I love John Henderson. But I know how they... I've seen John Henderson absolutely berate referees from a 30-yard way. I honestly think if he was if he was on mic and then you started hearing well, how some players talk to refs, I think probably people would start going, oh, do you know what? Like, these refs are taking absolute... This is not this is not on there. Yeah. But it's not, yeah. well, there was that big respect campaign and stuff. He, it's like you almost need to shock the public. Like, yeah. shock the public and say, like, look, this is how they're speaking. Because yeah. then... If it's on mic, there's no no player can deny things that are, again it's silly things like play you know like for example that Luke Shaw Harry Maguire incident where they said the ref said this well that's yeah, a, yeah. that's a no there's no thing there is it because it's on mic we know exactly yeah. what I said yeah exactly it's in there just almost so I think yeah. they they doing more public support through basically people feeling sorry for them and and understanding actually how they're spoken to and how they're treated isn't good enough. Yeah, because football is the only sport where that happens. I can't think of any other sport where refs get treated like that. So, yeah, I don't. Honestly, I think I think if I was a referee, I genuinely think by half time there would be barely any players on the pitch. And and it is it's simply because and but you said it before, you know it's it's just you know we're from a different world really. Like we you know we play rugby when we're younger. We've never been like if I I'll be funny if I even looked at a referee the way some of them speak, I it'd have been I probably wouldn't have liked it. But your old man has sent me off before now. For, yeah. for for arguing in a in a training session, exactly. Yeah, I don't know who it was. I think it was um, Dean Ashton when the Mike uh, Dean stuff kicked off, and he said after on Sky Sports, he said something along the lines of, "Oh, I look back now at my playing career and the way I spoke to referees. I'm embarrassed. Like I'm really yeah. embarrassed the way I spoke." Like and he, I think he said he went on to say, um, "Yeah, we should be bringing our kids up better to speak to referees." And that probably fell on deaf ears. What I don't understand is, That's do you remember start season, Slavin Bilic came to Mike Eaton half-time on the pitch? And, Everton away, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. It, it didn't really chop. He was a bit, like, annoyed. Yeah, and yeah. then Mike Dean let him get a few words him and then sent him off. Mm. How come you can do that at half-time? But if that exact same thing happened two minutes earlier, you're going, yeah. no, I'll get back to your position. Like, I don't, it's so inconsistent. And it, can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, uh, as you, you've, I know you haven't ref many games, but overall, what was the abuse like? Did what? Well, did you get abuse first of all? <laughs> Rob's laughing. Um, yeah, I I I got abused. Yeah. Um, how, how bad was it? Yeah. Um, He's in witness protection. <laughs> I can't speak. No, um, legally. No, I'm, I'm being genuine because. Oh yeah, I'm trying to think how best to visual mastery. Yeah, no, obviously really low level local yeah. league. Um and the highlight for me, game's going all right, like sixty, seventy minutes and no problems whatsoever. And then this team are losing two 0 players getting annoyed. And I think it's at that point the refs become the target of frustration because they know that that's what they can take out on. They take out in the opposition, they're getting carded, they're getting sent off, they're not gonna take out on their teammates. So ref is the only person on that pitch they know they can take out on and get away with it. So Obviously, I think, especially more so at that level, it's understandable, like a decision and then they'll go, 
oh come on ref like but with maybe a swear word chucked in yeah but they're saying like that and like i have no problem with that yeah, like because in Austria not me the swear enough just they're just the situation yeah but then like there was this one i remember turned and called me an f in c yeah um and like that like i regret not sending him off to this day like that's what rob was laughing at is because he turned and went u f and c yeah. and i knew like as i'm walking up to him i know i should be sending you off but i only give me yellow for it and which is knew. actually which is actually more than what prem refs do yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So, well, it just goes to show it how hard it is. I, I, I know it's different levels. Do you know what I would still. say? Going, do you know if so? Like using the Burke's example there now, like Burke said, if you said that to a Premier League referee, you wouldn't get sent off. But if you change the C word for cheat, you probably get sent off. Yeah, that, that that's what's mad. Like if you say certain words, because that they would say like, oh, like I think the, the thing would be then like um, integrity of the referee. Yeah, but you can say the other thing. Yeah, which is probably worse. So it's because I, I wonder, like, how bad must it be if you have been sent off? Like, I saw Ibrahimovic got sent off on weekend from Milan for this exact thing, speaking. And I'm thinking, how bad is what he said then? Because yeah. you'd be sent off for it. It must be really oh, yeah. bad. No, um, I remember doing the course, and generally, the amount of, I think, every maybe 10 minutes, uh, the refs doing, and obviously they were Welsh Prem top level officials and they were saying like every 10 minutes um they'd come back to it and go you are not there to be abused send him off if he swears you send him off like they are pushing that as much as they can but then like obviously i don't watch as much welsh prem as english prem but you'd imagine that the kind of referee teachings and stuff like that is going to be similar and you think if they are teaching that then they've got to do it first they've got to set an example like players need to set an example the refs are the same, and that's what I think is letting the whole game down at the moment, and that side of things. Yeah, because I think people forget, without a referee, there is no football, there is no sport. So it's within your interest, especially lower yeah. down, to keep the referee on side, you know, on side and, and then turn it up. Because you didn't have any linesmen or anything to do. You're just yourself, no. and then you have just one myself. from each team. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't send someone off if I was on my own refereeing with 22 players and all the fans. Yeah, wouldn't sense. Why is nice I, though? After the game, you give each team like a behaviour rating, like um, like school grades, like A to F. And um, if a team has like the more Fs the team has throughout the season, they get a fine at the end. So I mean, so you but again, yeah, the players don't really care about that on the pitch. No. It doesn't bother them. It's not coming out of their pocket. So again, you got to punish the players. Yeah. And no, that's not happening at the top level. Yeah. All right, let's, last thing. Rob, I'll let you do this first. Give me next season, start next season, PGMOL, PGMOL, make some new changes. What would you like to see different? And you can't say no VR, because let's be honest, <laughs> VR, yeah, but VR is going to be there whether you like it or not. So I want you to give me one thing that you'd like to change. It can be anything to do with the rules. Um, or just the way it's officiated, something. I would probably go with just one like definition for being offside. So like enough of this sleeve, enough of the elbow down, just screw it. Any anything that's like shoulder down when it comes to uh, getting being you know making a run and when it being in an onside position, 
shoulder onwards. I, I can see the arguments of bulkier players getting, you know, getting caught up with this, but uh, I, that it's just uh, just something just make the game flow a bit better. Yeah. Um, what about Sims' movement a few years ago? Use the feet. <laughs> yes, yeah. I get. I, I I do get that. I think, but gotta draw a line somewhere. You gotta draw a line somewhere. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, now that you said draw a line, I I think the biggest thing they could do is get technology in to see to cover every single angle uh, of like because we're we're basically not seeing a correct angle. I can see Sim smiling there. I was just laughing at Rob's answer is more technology. <laughs> yeah. Sims Sims doesn't like it. I know. No, yeah, I, I, I I'd love I'd love to see more technology you know, covering the line. Just get this camera that can go. There's know, enough cameras. Let's cover back and back. And back. Yeah. yeah. And obviously I, I think with the offsides, less technology is the way I want to go. I want to go no lines. Obviously you have VAR, it's there. But if you can't see it with a naked eye, done. We play Booty it. Of the it's hum- on site. Yeah, it, like because there's so many you see, and I think 99% of people with a naked eye would go, I can't tell. So fine, he, he's onside, and even if he is like the smallest millimeter offside, he's not gaining an advantage. So let's just play on. We're not wasting two minutes getting the lines out and working this out just to piss off. 90% of football fans. Let's not do that. Let's just go naked eye. He's clearly offside. Offside. Naked eye. I can't tell. Onside. Done. 10 second job. Move on. Play on. It's too familiar. Nah. Logistically, to do Burke's one, I agree. So I would say a time limit. So I would say 30 seconds. If you can't prove in that 30 seconds that there is a problem, for example, that it's offside. So you can use the lines if you want. We've got 30 seconds. If you can't prove it in 30 seconds, if you've had to do like four different lines from different places, well, clearly it's not offside. So I'd say you either do the 30 seconds, and it's like, well, if you can't prove it in that time, then we're giving it. I personally would, I would go back. I Like you said, Burke, my original thing was use the feet. Because for me, it's like, one's like the overdraft on the Saturday weekend would never be given because it's clearly, he's nowhere near offside. There's a point of fear where it's like the armpit, well, they would never be given because their feet are fine. They, those would all be goals. Yeah. And I think, look, you know, there will be the odd one or two where you think, oh, well, that's really harsh. But, you know, I can deal with the odd one and two. What I can't deal with is when it's... Every weekend. You know, yeah, well, like, you know, when, when it's just so clear, it's like they use like, the arm. It's like he can't score with his arm. So why plus, use his arm? Plus, when you think of strikers' movement, you want them kind of leaning. Exactly. They're going to be leaning forward. So they're they it's naturally going to be more forward than the defender's... So you use a feet, that's the base of where you are, and that is what you should be actually targeting, is the base of the attacker-defender, because it's equal. You can't go a defender's foot to an attacker's shoulder because he's going to be leaning. So I, it makes no sense. Yeah, I'd say, logistically, the one that's most realistically could happen is the feet. But I quite like the idea of a 30 seconds, and if you can't disprove it in that time, well, clearly it's, you know... It, it, it can't be that offside. It can't be that much of a you know, bad call, can it? If you can't prove it in 30 seconds. And I do it, like it, what I said earlier, actually, about ex-refs coming back to do VAR. I'm all for that now. Would it be that a bit... Oh, sorry, Rob. Sorry, go on, Rob. Would it be, like, 30 seconds from the, the whistle being blown or the goal going in? 
or did we 30 seconds for the referee to go to the screen? Well, no, for me, it's pretty obvious. Like, they should, that 30 seconds, as soon as the goal goes in, they should be looking at it. Like, they shouldn't have to wait, you know, who are they waiting for? Yeah. Like, your job is to be doing it all in the background throughout. As soon as the goal goes in, they should be checking it. Because let's be honest, players normally, like, have an idea if they're offside or not. So, like, you can tell by a celebration. These days, you can't even do that because they just don't even no. celebrate. That's another thing. The players just don't celebrate. because they. But for me, it's like, as soon as that goal goes in, in the background, they're, they're checking, checking, checking. If they think, if in that 30 seconds they can prove it, then they call it back. And if not, then everything's tied on. I, I agree with all points, but yeah, that, that 30 second thing would be uh, would be ideal because I could say if you can't look at a decision and know instantly if it's right or wrong, then just go play yeah. on or give the benefit of the doubt to the defender attacker. Simple. So yeah, hopefully Mike Riley is listening. Well, if he is, I'm going to say it's scrap here. Yeah. <laughs> on the oh, before all these changes, they need to. I don't know if you listened to last week's pod, Burke. But they need to set the agenda for haircuts. As I think that's more important. I, I did notice there's a statement on Stuart Atwell's hair. I know, I know. No, it was tough times. I'll, I'll let them off. It looks like no. butts is today, that's actually. Well, I'll tell you what, butts has got Stuart Atwell's hairstyle. No, because my the top of my hair, I'll give you. But the side of Stuart Atwell is like we Rob's com- head. Yeah, if we combine Rob and Butts, you have got Stuart Hartwell. I've got hair on the side of my head. He did not. So I won't accept that. <laughs> um, right, let's, let's move on because fuck referees. Um, right, we did this a few weeks ago. I don't think Sims was here for this, but I enjoyed it. I think everyone else did, so we can do it again. Let's talk transfers. Some rumours floating about, see what we think. And yeah, it's a sub chat. So the first one I've seen, which is quite close to me because it's about Spurs, Jerome Boating, two Spurs on a free transfer. What do we think? Anyone can go. 34, 35 years old, isn't he? I looked this up because I thought his age would be question 32. 32. 32. No, he plays like 35. Yeah, a lot of miles on the clock, uh, though. Yeah, that's a lot of thing. miles. There's a lot of injuries. I mean, the last couple of years seem to have caught up with him a bit more because I feel he's one of those kind of Joe Gomez types reliant on the pace. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad defender by all by all means. Yeah. He's a good defender, but I don't think he'd be right for Spurs because they come in, Spurs will be looking at him to kind of change the whole defence and I don't think he's capable of doing that. Yeah, he did get turned inside out by Kylian Mbappe. To be fair, most defenders How dare was. he? But, yeah. you know. Still, it didn't fill me with confidence. And uh, I, I feel it would be a very um, well. It might not. He might not be there to do it, but it'd be a very Mourinho type signing where you concentrate on the here and now. When they're probably not even good enough for that, and mm-hmm. then because, like for example, I you I would never put Spurs down as that club. I've always looked at Spurs as a we'll get a youngster, we'll develop them, we'll try and like that's not the issue. They develop them and then they go. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean yeah. just before they can win something? Or they think, oh, we can't, and they go in it. So for me, it would be very, it would, it would almost, some, it almost sum up Spurs is changed under Mourinho, where they go from, you know, Derry Ali, exciting, got a few youngsters coming through, always young, on the youngish side. I know by the end of the potch, they were, they were aging, but 
and then to end up as Mourinho, just anti-football, with a couple of old lads who will get a result in it, but God, yeah. off to watch. Yeah, the, the, as soon as I saw the the um, the rumour, I instantly thought of, well, why is he not playing for Germany anymore? Because there's a few of those boys aren't playing for Germany, and it's not yeah. because they've retired. That Low for some reason, cut, cut your yeah, you cut them off. So you know that that's a red flag for me, and you don't really want someone like that coming in, who he, I he might be a great bloke, I don't know, but he seems like he'd come in for the money, and if if they lose, he probably wouldn't care. So yeah, not for me. But I could see us signing him because we haven't got any money. Spurs are really strapped for cash at the moment. What are we your thoughts on that one, Rob? It's going to be a free. As you say, if I'm Harry Kane and you know, Spurs is a key with Champions League qualification this season, he stays for another year. I, I'm, I'm thinking about travelling up to Manchester if I see that we've just signed Jerome Boateng. Because it uh, doesn't, doesn't excite me one the bit. First, the first part of your statement will not happen. The second part. Yeah, probably will. But uh, hmm. we'll come on to the other got the, side of the Got the family link as well, actually, with Kevin Prince, isn't he? Yeah. Both experts. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully only one <laughs> brother, please. <laughs> I want both of them. Christ. Um, right, funny enough, the next two uh, rumours, I'm going to go to Rob first, as our goalkeeping expert. I oh, should yeah. go to Sims, because he is the footballing expert on goalkeepers, but I won't do that to him. Uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma has been linked with Chelsea. Now, Chelsea have bought a few goalkeepers already. Spent a lot of money. Like it? Hate it? Would they? Would be a fan of it. I think no? I think it's Mendy's earned enough to be given another shot, another season there. Um, obviously, Kepa has been a bit of, has been quite the disaster. And we, we'll never forget that League Cup final of him refusing mm-hmm. to come off. Yeah. What a moment. Um but yeah, Donnarumma, like I, I, I remember, you know, years ago, he was like this youngster and everybody was like, wow, um, this guy could be like, the, he's you know, dubbed as like the next Buffon. But, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't kind of just, he kind of peaked, I think, far too, far too he's soon. Still, he's, just, he's, he's still young though. He's like I know he's still, he's still exactly. Yeah. I know he's, he he's came, still, he started he, playing at 16, didn't he? Yeah, that's crazy. Exactly, exactly. But like, I think Mendy's, you know, it, it could still be a part of a project with Tuchel. Tuchel keep Mendy. Um, look at the defence, maybe. Uh, I, I, I don't think Mendy, Mendy's good enough. Yeah, I disagree. I, I think Mendy's warranted a, a stay for another season. He, 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 for me, he's the opposite of Kepa. Just he, He's good shot stop. You know, he's quite good. But it, his feet, for a modern-day goalkeeper, he cannot he's, pass the ball. I think um, he's just a decent goalkeeper. Yeah. I think. He's a mid-table yeah. Yeah, I mean, one where you're going, ah, maybe he could make the step up, but he probably won't. Yeah, yeah. if you replace Donnarumma with a you know a different name, an all black, maybe I know all black is like high end. Yeah, I'd say Donnarumma I, is high end as well. Though. I think when you I consider the age, I, and I think he's on about 250 appearances, yeah. like that counts for something because like teams like AC Milan are ruthless. Like, yeah. if he was. A flop who had a couple of good years, and then at 18, 19, it was like, oh, actually, we got this one wrong. They would cut them, but yeah. I think the fact that he stuck with them shows actually just how good he is. He's Italy's number one. He's, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. I think, yeah, I think he'd be a really good sign, and I've not seen as much of him to be able to say 100% he's going to be one of the world's best, but I think yeah, he I, will be up there personally. Yeah, because even if you sign him now, and it. Say it doesn't work out in three years, he's still got some resale value. 
purely because of his history. So you can still sell him. I, I think he's the better version of Kepa that you that you would want by a young goalkeeper, as your goalkeeper for the next ten years. Yeah, I agree, Kepa is bloody disaster. Mendy's okay. I think as a number two, I think he'd be a very good number two. Yeah. Um, I think he'd actually be okay with being a number two as well. Yeah, because he was he hasn't long been back in football, has he? What was that story? He got released. He yeah, he got released, and like, then he uh, like two years, two or three years ago. So yeah, he went to Cannes, I think, and in France, and just as a trial, yeah. and he was there number two. Then had a couple of number two spots, and then I think yeah. he had a run of games, and he was there number one for just a season or something. And then yeah, he so had the move to Sims, anything? I'm not going to waste your time, boys. I think we all know I don't particularly care, so I think we're all right. <laughs> all right, then. We'll move on to the next one. David De Gea. <laughs> Go on, Sims. Go on, Sims. Simply because it looks like Dean Henson's going to be United's number one now going forward. So where do you think he goes? And what I will say before you answer, apparently he's on 375 grand a week. So that is a factor of <laughs> where he ends up. That's United's highest. Is his contract up this summer? I don't or? think so. And he's got a year or two left. I mean, if, I suppose if there's a merry-go-round, if someone went big on Black, I suppose he would go back to. He'd be the perfect guy to go back to Atletico. I think I I don't see him anywhere else other than Atletico or Real Madrid. To be honest, I don't. I don't. Juventus maybe they've never had really good keepers really. Are they now since Buffon they've kind of chopped and changed with Chesney. Cosimo yes. um, Juventus they got some cash. And, you know, PSG. PSG is the league. Yeah, I think now is the time for Man United to go with Henderson, simply because they get another English youngster in there. I mean, he's proven he's probably earned the right. I don't know if he's good enough yet, but he's earned the right to have a go at it. So, you know, for them, it makes man sense. But, other, yeah, I'd say Juventus or PSG. Other than that, I think anything else is a step down. Good luck to him. Oh, man. I, the, the, hatred, sorry, the hatred in Sim's voice talking about goalkeepers is so funny. <laughs> I wish people could see his face. Honestly, I just... I, 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 I don't really care. It's difficult to get excited. Like, we're talking about Donnarumma or whatever. I'm like, mate, I, I, who gives a crap about him? <laughs> like, he literally does... He's all, he doesn't, they're not even good. That's what gets me. Like, we're not even talking about good keepers. <laughs> they're all crap. Oh, so, oh. I think this might be the reason. You um, I think this might be the reason you mentioned about the wages because I did really link with Spurs, like with a merry-go-round situation with maybe Lloris going PSG for the with the French connection and stuff, and then De Gea come in and I could see as a loan deal because of those wages and De Gea, like, not calling him greedy. I'm calling him sensible because I probably do the same. If you're on three hundred seventy-five grand a week, or, or around the mark you're not going to go somewhere for like half that money. And so, and yeah. other than the clubs Sims mentioned there, no one else could pay that money. No, it's funny because I was thinking Spurs and when I thought about it, I was like, mm, does it really work for both parties? But if Lloris left, maybe. In a but, loan deal. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. But if Mourinho's there, which is likely to be, yeah, maybe. Maybe I wouldn't want him, but, well, I wouldn't want him, but I wouldn't be overly displeased if he came up. Is he better than Lloris? Uh, I'll answer that for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say he is, yeah. You've got an opinion on goalkeepers now, Sims, yeah? Oh, mate, I've always got an opinion on him, Lloris. I've had an opinion <laughs> on him for years. Oh, he made a great save on the weekend, though. He did, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
it's the first time in a while I've gone, oh, what a save, Luis. Well oh, done. He is, he is a fraud. Yeah. He's crap. Let's not talk about Luis, though. Don't, don't get us <laughs> going. Don't get us going. Right. The next one, we've got a couple left. Um, closer to home for you, lad. Now, this one I feel has been rumbling along for a while. Mo Salah linked with PSG and Madrid. Have you got that sense as Liverpool fans? Because there's always, you know, he makes a little comment here, I'd love to play in Spain, all this business. I'm just like, hmm, interesting. Could... I would say it's no more than than normally is at this time of the year. Okay. And I think the fact that maybe Liverpool obviously aren't in the position they have in the last two, three years may kind of shine a light on a bit more. I don't see a, him moving. I think the money you're talking that would be involved as well at this time would be a stumbling block, but... Um, no, I think when Real Madrid want to play, I think everyone knows they want to play, especially that level play. I think of the hazard move, like yeah. that was years in the making of constant pressure, and that's how Madrid buy players, and mm. they are the only team I see Salah going to. To be fair, because I don't think Barca would be in a position to pay hundred plus. Um, so I I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't see him fitting in at Madrid. I don't think he'd. Not that they wouldn't cope, but I don't think he'd like that. The way the Madrid are, you know, the fans are just, you know, if you have one bad game, you're booed. Yeah. You know, all the pressure, the media, all I don't. I think Liverpool is as big a club, but it's a nicer environment. So Yeah, the fact not all Liverpool fans are kind of sold on him with the yeah, that's got yeah. is kind of, it's going to be 10 times worse Madrid. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm coming from, because you always hear that some Liverpool fans would be happy to sell him, get the money that's- for it, go and you're like... What this this guy Liverpool had such a bad season, but yet he's how many goals he's scored? Twenty plus. Nineteen. In the league, yeah. 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 Nineteen in the league. Yeah, nineteen in the league. It's incredible. No, I, 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 I honestly, I because I thought about this a lot. Is I can't see how it works because the only way you can go to PSG is if they lose one of their front three. Well, clearly they're not going to lose Mbappe. They can't lose Neymar because it's the same issue as anyone else. Who, who's going to pay for him? Nobody can afford it. And then I think that their third guy, who would be the central player, well, they kind of chop and change a bit. But the, you know, he's not going to go central. Is he? You're not. He's not no. going to side Salah and put him in the middle of those three. He's going to have to go on one of the sides. He doesn't yeah. fit there. The only way he fits I think, is one of Mbappe up thing go. Right. I, I think he, I think he fits if if they were to get rid of Di Maria, and he because that's kind of the front three that they've been. Using a lot recently, and Mbappe, Mbappe can he's comfortable down the middle. Neymar is more or less always on the left, and Mbappe on the um, uh, Salah there on the right. I think that I don't see an attack three. It, yeah. it is, I agree, but, but I don't see Salah I, the type yeah. then to go to PSG. Yeah, yeah. For me, there's too much hunger for goals in that front three. Yeah, yeah. way too much, too much ego. I'm not saying the, uh, Salah has an ego. But he is selfish when it comes to scoring goals, which is a good thing for him. Oh, Salah goals. has absolutely yeah. has an ego. Um, I, I, mm, I no, think I, the teams that tickle an ego like that is Real Madrid or Barca. I don't see PSG, no. and like no disrespect, I don't see them coming close for a long, long time. Like to to come uh, to be able to go get hungry players, like for example, a Harry Kane. I could never see him go to PSG for the same reason. Like the ego in League One um, in Paris doesn't it doesn't add up. Yeah. Players with that kind of personality are Real Madrid, Barca, Juve, and then Prem. Look, uh, maybe, there's, no, uh, there's no surprise that Salah is doing more interviews now because he doesn't do interviews. He's doing interviews on for a certain reason. That certain reason is to put pressure on Liverpool to give him a new contract. 
is as simple as that. So that's not a player who wants to leave. Yeah. And quite to be quite honest, you'd be a mad man to want to leave Liverpool right now. You, you really would because, like like Burke said, you know Barcelona are in financial hell, and they're civil. Well, you know they've had a civil war last year in terms of with Messi. You know the idea that you're leaving Man City or Liverpool to go to Barcelona. Even I'd actually argue even leaving Man United to go to Barcelona right now isn't. It might be a step up, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's this like it has been. This idea that Barcelona is like the dream. The mess they are in right now. It's a wobbly step now. It, it is. You you can't be you can't be sure. Madrid, you know, Real Madrid sold some big players in the summer and they only just broke even. You know, they are in financial hell. You think about it. The whole thing is based yeah. around you know tourism and based around you know stadium tours and all this. They couldn't do anything. So they you know they can't afford anything. And then you if you take those two out, to be honest, those two are the only big fish. And I mean, when I mean big yeah. fish, who could literally just go to a player and go. We wouldn't do, and that player then will do anything in their power to get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he only has to look at Philip Coutinho and go. Hmm, maybe it's not the best move. So I, I, I think when when you take those two out to the water, all of a sudden, you know, it's like the Harry Kane thing now. That's going to be Spurs' issue. Well, not Spurs' issue, but it's going to be Harry Kane's issue. Is that he wants to go? Fine, if he wants to kick a fuss up, but where's he going? Yeah, I found a weird time. Is that your last one, but is the Harry Kane one? I wasn't going to mention Harry Kane just because I can't. We got to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's the big right. one. Yeah. Honestly, right. where where does he go? Because you know Spurs, and it's going to take an astronomical bid for Spurs to sell in the Premier League. And even then, I'm not even sure if Daniel Levy could do it to himself. But I think yeah, you know, but... if the money was right, he probably would at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I I don't see the money being right because what what I've listened to and heard. 120 million is the starting point, gets you in the door to even start discussions. And if it's if it's a Prem club, apparently that's an extra 30 on top, so 150 just to get in the room. And I mean, are you paying 150, 100, are you paying over 100 million for a 28-year-old who's had a few injuries? I know, I, I know it's a mental amount of money, but then when you consider the Philippe Coutinho went for like 140, was it 140 now? What was yeah. it? I, I think it, yeah. Yeah. Like Kane is Kane. Like he, you know he's going to score 20, yeah. 25 a season. But in this the market, I don't know. Six years, I say, because it's not about pace for Kane. It is like he is going to... Yeah. It's not like a 28-year where you think, oh, he's got a couple of years, early 30s, he's done. I think he could go on like the way he plays. I think he's yeah, not... I've, it's like 26, 25-year-old, like the way yeah. he plays in terms of... I think what else... What, the other things that are complicated is that Mbappe's got a year left in his deal and he doesn't want to sign a contract. And the Haaland thing, you know, if if I if I was buying those, if I was looking at those three players and I had the money, I would buy the younger guy. Just because you have very keen talker. I saw bits because it sounds like but, you're agreeing but, totally with what he said, but that's all I'm saying. He basically uh, said he, he basically said he was asked about Manu and about Kane or Haaland, and he said logically you'd go the younger guy Haaland. What he's doing looks fantastic, but Kane is a very close second and. No, if it was Kane that turned up to the door, like he'd be delighted. Yeah. You know, what I would say about Mbappe. I, I I don't understand this whole talk about Mbappe. I mean, no I, I I no, as in for me, he's like clearly he's like the third, only the third best player in the world. This idea that he's just gonna be able be able to get him. Imagine the fee he's gonna cost. Yeah. Like he's got he's got everything. PSG like PSG's paid an actual fortune themselves. Hundred eighty. 
Is how much they paid to get him. Yeah. Right. So at seventeen, isn't it? let's be honest. We're now talking. Surely you're going to be looking at two hundred million because this is a guy who I think it's pretty fair to say, and it's a pretty good assumption that he's going to win the Ballon d'Or to as well. He could win it now, even with Messi and Ronaldo about. Yeah. But the problem is, like this idea that oh yeah, he'll be about, he'll be available. He's not going to be available. He's only got a year left in his deal. Who's got that money? Nobody has got that money. Not literally nobody. His contract's up the end of 2022. So if he doesn't sign his contract, PSG will have to sell him at a lower price because teams will come to the table and just go, well, he's going to walk away for a free in a year. So take 120 million now. At least you get something. Otherwise, he's walking. I guarantee you, I can guarantee you he signed the contract. There's no way in earth. Why? Why did he? Joe, I'm going to bring this up. Another time. We haven't got time to talk, go into it. But why would he sign a contract? There's no need for him to do it. If he wants to leave, why would you sign a contract? Oh, honest, I, I, I've always found it really... Because I hear it all the time. Well, Liverpool are saying, like, I'm back by 2022 and stuff. 2021. Honestly, I don't see... I don't, if I honestly look at him and I think there's a player who's almost untouchable in terms of you just can't get out there. The, you talk about wages. I can't... I hate to think what his wages are. Like, he's quite clearly the best in the world. You buy him, you guarantee yourself a title, whatever country you're at. But you like, can get him out of there. You can. Because somebody from Liverpool, let's say, let's use Liverpool example, a delegate can go to him and go, right, if you wait a year, uh, run out your contract, we'll give you, I don't know, 750 a week. Let's just say that. We'll give you 10 million signing bonus on all the rest, all the incentives. Have you yeah, I, I, I don't want to... And, and then he, why would you go? Why would you then go? Oh, I'll sign a contract. Ever, like, con- have you ever seen a player? Well, somebody's got to do it. Like, yeah, it. but right. I, I don't think it would be a prime club because they, I don't think they, I don't think any of them operate like that, whereby they would go. Because have you seen uh, Rayola? I mean, Rayola talk about Harlan's contract and saying yeah. he wants to make him the first one million pound a yeah, week player. Like yeah. Mbappe is going to be in the same bracket as Harlan for all his contracts from now till the end of their careers. Like, and we're talking, you mentioned that, about £700,000 a week, I'd say, is probably a realistic figure if you're going to get Mbappe. No club in the Prem would do that. And the simple reason, it ruins their entire squad club. Liverpool do that, Salah, Mane, Northern Door, asking for the same. And understandably so. One of them will be gone. Fine. Yeah. One of them will be gone, probably. Do you get me? That's what you, in fact, both are probably gone, yeah. to be quite honest. Oh. Uh, so that's the Liverpool thing. Man U, I think you've got the same argument. Like, maybe not the levels of Rashford knocking, but they're asking for a pay rise. All bloody squad 20 asking for a pay rise if someone's coming in on 700 grand a week. Like, Bruno's going to be one who's knocking because he's probably on about, I'd imagine, two to 300 at the moment. If Mbappe's coming in asking for 700, he's knocking door. And I think you get that anywhere with these top-level players, especially transfers. That's why I don't think you see, like, a messy move in. Is because it ruins the club. Yeah, but if he signs a contract, he's in the he's in a worse position because then you're talking about the all these everything you just said. I completely agree. Plus two hundred million, three hundred million on top for a transfer fee. So if you're Kylian Mbappe, if you've got any wits about you, why if you sit there and go, if I sign this contract, somebody's going to have to pay two or three hundred million for me plus all my wages. If I stay a year, go on a free. I can get the wages I want. I think he I won't to, get, I think I he'd, have to, club, I he'd have to drop his wage demands because I don't, like, oh, with all fine. respect, he is not the Messi. 
Like yeah. right, Messi in his peak, I could I could see why someone would go, we're going to pay you three times more than we pay anyone else in this club. I could see that. Mbappe is nowhere near the level Messi was at, like in terms of world football. Yeah. That's fine, but I'm talking about why why are players, the top, top players like Mbappe, Salons, why are you tying yourself to a club? Why are you tying yourself? Because he clearly wants to leave because he's got a year left. So he's obviously thinking about... But well, maybe, he maybe like, I'll, I don't well, think Mbappe personally. I, well, I think he has said, oh, I wouldn't mind trying a different uh, you know, different project or a different scenario, all this business. No, he's 21. He's won the World Cup. Is he going to stay in France the next 10 years? No. He's going to want to play for Madrid, Barca, City, or you know, whoever. So, if I was advising Mbappe, I'd be like, mate, don't sign any contract. Why would you sign? They're not going to give you, they're not going to double your wage, are they? They're not going to give you 10 million signing bonus. Well, you well, know. Unless they do. Yeah, but that's the thing. I, cause I think, genuinely, I think as a club, you would, it's in your interest to overpay by that much to then make sure that you don't lose your best player and a guy you spend £180 million on, and that's just without his wages over the last two, four, five years or whatever. Walk like this is what I'm saying. For me, if he is going to go, he's got to go in that last summer before the contract ends, like you said. But the, the idea that he's going to get to the end of his contract and then there's he's going to be like a free agent, like that's never happened ever, and it's never yeah, going to happen. The only thing is, we talk what happened to Messi, yeah, but there's a difference with Messi in terms of one, you've got a civil war, and two, he's like 36 or whatever by the time it comes to the end. Yeah. This will be Mbappe before, like in his absolute prime. Somebody's like, got to do it. Prime, re- about to hit his prime. Somebody's got to be the first one to do it. I honestly, the way the way transfer fees are going, it is hindering players' ability to move. Harry Kane, perfect example. He's got three and a half years left in his contract. Daniel Levy won't even take a call if it's less than 120. He's going, I'm 28. I've won nothing in my career and I'm stuck. I can't move. Don't Potentially, by the time he moves. Yeah, don't, yeah. Th- exactly. That's, that's, that's my that's point. And Rob Mbappe, said this. Rob says this about the NFL all the time. If you're serious as a player and you back yourself, don't ever sign a five, six-year contract. Sign a two, three-year contract every time and update it knowing that if you're backing yourself and you think I'm a good enough player and it's not going to be a case of they want to get rid of me, then really your contract should go up every two years anyway. Yeah. Like Rob's always said it about, about football in general, like you should always do it. I think somebody Mbappe is in a perfect position to do it, in my opinion, because if he's yeah, smart I'd agree, but I don't think going. the world at the moment outside of Mbappe's head is what you're saying it is. Yeah. Somebody's got to be the first one to do something. Uh, uh, like I said, I wouldn't be I'd surprised. Like, I'd love, love to see. I, I agree with you on that part. I think so Mbappe could, be doing these sorts of could do it, but I don't see because he's doing that. There's going to be a queue of teams trying to pay seven, eight hundred. Thousand, I think you go back to that list we had earlier. There's probably maybe two teams who could do it, and that would risk everything. And that point of is it worth it with the level he's at at the moment? Yeah. What What I would say is if it if for some reason it somehow did happen, then you would then be opening up. You You then you have officially started the free agency Brilliant. in football, like it is in the NFL, where you play teams basically say. I'm going to get five years up to this guy and I'm going to run him to the ground. And in that five years then, he can go and it's up to him to find a better deal. Because all of a sudden then, I think if, if, it, if it happened like Mbappe did it, it would like, the, the floodgate would open and it would be happening all the time. 
Like, and then you would eventually just have a free agency market where people are like, I'll take a one-year deal and then I'll, like they do in America. Arsenal setting trends. I'd love to see ours, yeah. If it happens in my lifetime, I'd love it. Imagine how much more interesting transfer would be. Because, you know, we talk about transfers, yeah, it's fun. But hardly anything ever happens, realistically. We're top, top players. And I think free agency would be more for the top players. Because if you're not as good, you obviously want to skewer a longer contract to get the money. But I, I'd love to see it. Love to see it. But anyway, well, we have overrun, so but we're still doing the draft. Uh, Sorry, but can I ask you quickly, like really on, quick, on one on. other rumor, Maro and Fellini to Spurs? No, I, I, I thought somebody would bring this up. Honestly, it might be the final nail in the coffin. I've been stopped watching football <laughs> for a year. Take a sabbatical. Because I mean, it's like Simon says, it, it's just so short. Well, it's not even short term because he's crap. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see that one. But uh, yeah, I'd love it for the comedy. <laughs> it would get me back into football. Put it this way, I wouldn't be picking him in the draft. Put it that way, <laughs> you wouldn't be one of my prospects. But there we are. Um, right, let's do the draft quickly then. So, as we spoke about first of all um, about Son and play acting, this draft is called the Razzie Awards. So the worst play actors in the Premier League. So my question is, over the past decade, on average, how many yellow cards have been issued for simulation? So this isn't like how the total of yellow cards in the last 10 years, on average, how per many season? yellow cards per season, yeah. How many cards do you think? So it's not, like, it's not a massively high number. Um, I will start with Rob. You can go first. Uh, I'm going to go with... Six yellow cards a season. I've got 12. I was going to go six as well, so I'll go seven. Well, I can say you're all miles off. Well, not miles off, but you know, quite far out. It's actually 25. Yeah. <sighs> what I think has happened is it's probably maybe five, five, seven years ago, there was a lot. And uh, maybe it's balanced out on the average. is something like that, so. There we are. Sims, you get the first pick. Nice. Okay. I am going to go with the little Brazilian that plays for Everton. I think Ricardson, yeah, I think he's an absolute horrendous bloke. I never want to pint to them. I think <laughs> I think he goes to the floor, he screams, he squeals. I think I actually think as well he's got a bit of nastiness in him, which makes it worse. Because yeah. I think, well, like, you know, we've seen it before, and he put a naughty tackle in, and then if it was happening to him, he'd, you know, he'd literally, um, he'd scream, he'd shout. And that's what I hate. It's the yelling. It's like one yeah. thing to be hurt, or fake hurt, but then when they chuck in a massive yell, that really gets to me. So it's an easy choice for me, for Carlson. I'm shocked that somebody else, this guy hasn't gone first off the board, but we'll see if he falls. To be fair, Carlson was going to be my first pick. But you should know. He's in your draft team every year. Yeah. Oh, don't. Don't. <laughs> but the caption Sims gave about Ricardo, you can just copy and paste that. And I could say <laughs> word for word about my guy. And I'm going to go with Bruno Fernandez. I think yes. he's an absolute shit house. Give it to him. Uh, he, <laughs> he yells when there's no need to yell. But he does it to other players. Like he loves a cheeky studs up. He loves a cheeky maybe elbow when he shouldn't like. Master of the Dark Arts, shit those player, um, play acting, rolls around. Oh, he, he does a thing I hate, which I'm sure all the eight players we're going to name do. 
but where they get tackled, they stay down, and it's not a foul, but they stay down for ages. You know they're not hurt, and they get up and limp around with a fucking massive grimace on their face just for ages. And Luis Suarez actually used to do it. it reminds when I was saying that, I could just vision Luis Suarez it's... just limp for ages until the ball comes near, and then oh, yeah. nah, I'm fine, I'm fine, lads. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's something that's got to stop. But no, I'm going to go Bruno number two. Brilliant pick. He's the worst, I'll tell you for why. Because he gives it out. That I don't know if you saw the challenge on Heiberg, because it looked really weird. But when you look at the replay, and he scrapes down his knee, really naughty. And then five minutes later, he gets kicked on the ankle and he's rolling around as if his ankle snapped. Like yeah. a Dak Prescott bloody snap. Well, and for I'm months, like, me, me and Rob watched like, basically all the football over Xbox all weekend. And we point out every time Bruno Fernandes on pitch, like three or four occasions where yeah. something like that, like an awful tackle where you think, how the hell has he not been booked? Yeah. Yeah. Proper shit, those. And he looks like he stinks. Yeah, and his teeth are <laughs> horrible as well. <laughs> He's got Freddie Mercury teeth that just that stick out. Hashtag be kind. <laughs> Oh, Respect the refs, <laughs> not Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go with Bruno Fernandes, my first pick, and I'm glad that I, I can't, but, but covered it well. Um, I'm going to go to uh, Dava Louise. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you first said play acting, I can't forget that time where uh, I think it was Raphael clawed him yeah. in the corner and he's just down there, you know, in pain. Cheeky look at the camera, smile, you know. It's that thing you do when you pretend to be sleeping when you're a kid and your parents walk in exactly. the room. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's 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 probably more multiple shithouse moments that he's had. He is he is that type of guy, that, you know, doesn't mind putting in a rough challenge, but tap tap and he'll go down. So Davy Wee's comes in for me. Good pick, good pick. Um. Okay, I got two picks. So my first one, I'm going to go with Antonio Rudiger. Now, call me old-fashioned, but I like my centre-halves to have a bit about them. You know, good on the ball, tough, tough in the tackle, tough in the air. But the amount of times I've seen Antonio Rudiger fall over as if he's been punched in the face, it just doesn't sit right to me. Just I want to see a centre-back strong, and he is nothing but strong. He's an absolute nonce. And, yeah, guy doesn't do it beyond the pitch. Um... Lots of picks, yeah. Uh, second one, I'm gonna go with one of Rob's favorite ever players in Alexander Mitrovic. And for one instant, specifically, when he got Thomas Ocek sent off, gets tapped in the face with an elbow that was obviously not a red card, falls to the ground, holding his face, rolling over as if he's got a broken nose, and then two minutes later, gets up. And tries to talk Mike Dean out of sending him off. I'm going, mate, either stay down, roll over and try and get sent off, or don't. You can't play both sides. You can't <laughs> go, oh, sorry, mate, sorry. Oh, if oh, it wasn't a red card. And after he sent him off. Uh, no, for me, you've got to pick a side. Preferably the side of fair play and sportsmanship. But if you're going to do the other side, at least do it properly. So that's why he's on my list. So, Mitrovic. Sorry, Rob. You have to be fair. I'm I'm really shocked by that. I mean, you know, linked to the Serbian mafia. Be careful what you say. <laughs> um, right. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um, this guy, 
uh, at one point he was the most foul player in the Prem. And I think because of that, he any time that he gets challenged, he just goes down like too flamboyant at times, always expecting a foul, and that's Wilfred Zaha. I get it, he gets fouled a lot. Yeah. But any any single contact, like it's it's as if you touch him and it's against the law. Um so to follow up with my Tav Louis shout from one end of the pitch to another, we'll go with Wilfred Zaha. Yeah, I I agree with Zaha, but I don't think he tries to get people sent off. That's one thing I'll say. No, he really annoys me in terms of he berates the referee yeah. a lot, and he's like, "Why aren't you giving the L card?" Like he's just, uh, that, I get that. But for me, I it's wouldn't more say the shitdowns of trying to get yeah. everything out of any contact. Yeah, but I think if I, I actually, I'm probably more with but I think but is me on the same wavelength. I think when you're kicked that often, it's the same with the Jack Grealish thing we spoke of before. When you are kicked that often, I think I would end up thinking, you know what, I'm just gonna go down as soon as I get kicked because. Until like until they do that, they're not going to protect them. Like I've always said, it with more Salah. Yeah, but he gets, he, he gets he gets he gets fouled like, the most. Those, yeah, 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 yeah. He gets fouled the most, and those decisions are given. But I'm just fed up of him trying to get more. Yeah. Like you get fouled, yeah, it's a free kick. If you're getting touched and you're going down where someone's put their arm on your shoulder, no, get up. Yeah, I, I think it's a shit I think it's, it's a protection like thing a as well. Child. Actually, I think. Yeah. He's getting fouled that much, and again, you mentioned it, Jack Grealish. Like, yeah, you've got, you're doing it for, you're the only person on your team. Teams are going out of their way to foul you that much because you're the only guy on that team who's going to actually do something. So yeah. it's a protection thing as well to just go down, win your team free kick. I think it is a tactical thing, but no, I I can see why he's on the list. He is a name I had, though. Yeah, because he, he does, sim- he's the most, uh, biggest offender for simulation. So, yeah. I disagree. The name I'm going to say next, I believe, is. Oh, apologies. Go for it. And, Rob, I'm getting paid back for the Mitrovic shout. It's Harry Kane. Yes! <laughs> yes! So, before you say that, he was on my list. So, I, I, I'll say that. He was on my list. And, to be fair, guy I actually can't stand listening to, called him out for Adrian Durham in his top five list of divers. He had him at number one. And I get away with so much. It's incredible, like media um, and from referees as, as well. And I don't know how, especially now with VAR, I know we spoke about earlier, but how are people not seeing the level that he does truly dive at? I think it's disgraceful. Um, England captain, and you're going down like that all the time with no contact whatsoever. And off the top of my head, now I'm thinking of five, six examples straight away of just him. And he's a big bloke. Yeah. Big physical striker. He's in the mold of Alan Shearer. Show it. And no, he's a, he's a shit dose. <laughs> can't stand the blow. I I can't. I'm not saying anything. Amen. But I, I tend to agree. Yeah, I can't argue. He does do it a lot. I'm really glad you said that because Harry Kane was going to be my, um, if he wasn't here, then he was going to be my go-to guy. Cause I, I, I think the worst thing with Harry Kane for me is I don't think he dives that much outside the box. It's the fact that he does it so often in the box. Yeah. And it's in and around the area. So it's almost like he it's, it's a conscious decision then. It's not like he just, he's flamboyant and he goes down all the time. He's deciding to do it. Yeah. And so like for me, that's why I, I, I just think, yeah, I think, I think the media thing as well is a big thing because I feel like he gets away with far more than yeah. people. I say, I, 
when he's outside the box, it's a little similar with the Zaha thing. He gets kicked a lot when he's trying to hold up the ball. So he goes down and like he's being kicked. It's not it doesn't hurt and he's air holding his shin and you know it doesn't Yeah, he does that thing I was saying earlier where he does yeah limp limp away. Yeah, and, you know yeah. there's nothing limp for you. He's doing it so the referee knows and he's going, Ref, you know, watch out for this, you know. So yeah, he, he deserves to be on the list, so I'll agree with that. Ah, oh, no, right. and it leads a nice one. Sim, actually, my first and my first and second one tie up nice because I think lockdown football has not been kind to this player in terms of. Um, I think you can hear him far more, and I think well, I know he, there was a little segment on match of the day about him. Well, match of the day two, it might have been actually a few weeks ago. Um, Alexander Lacazette, who I think yeah. has come across really badly in terms of the the over dramatic falls, the rolling around. The yelps, and so for me, I like I said, definitely deserves to be there. And he is another serial offender of the I'll get up, limp for a bit, and then I'll be absolutely fine. So yeah. I um, think called about Charlie Austin. I don't know if you saw with that, he had a massive yelp okay. about two, three weeks ago, and Charlie Austin called him out like really, like directly. Um, it's funny because he he, he's banned for three games, he got sent off for stamping on someone. So I love Charlie Austin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for me, yeah, I think the yelping is one of the worst things because, like, we've all played football, we've all been kicked. Like, it doesn't hurt that much like, unless you know, it's like a leg break, obviously. But you know. no, and it takes away totally of the argument of oh, he's anticipating contact because yeah. if you're anticipating contact, fine. I mean, I don't agree ninety nine percent of the time they say it, but if you're doing it, fine. If that's the argument, the fact you yelping while doing it, that's yeah. not why. Why are you anticipating with that? It's like. <laughs> yeah. No, you are well and truly yeah. trying to con con your way exactly. to get a foul. Exactly. There we go. That ties up the Razzie Awards for the worst actors in the Premier League. So there we go. Right, we've overran and I'm conscious because PSG and Bayern Munich are, are playing. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Burke, I hope you start enjoying football again. Hopefully so. this game after... This was, like yeah. I said earlier, the European games yeah. actually are a big step above. The first leg um, was a really good watch, so hopefully, so hopefully this one is, yeah. Predictions? Um, I think I said last week, I think PSG were my heart to fight in my head. <laughs> I had a howler last week, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I back PSG, my sick way. We did I'm say Chelsea say... went 2-0 away, so got that right. I'm going to say Bayern are going to do it, just be different. Yeah, big chop. Let's go. Big chop. Right. Pleasure as always, guys. Speak to you soon. All right. All the best. You.